0: Lord, I have loved the beauty of Thy house, where Thy glory dwelleth. Psalm 26, verse 8. In the, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I am delivering the sermon that I intended to deliver on Corpus Christi, <laughs> but something intervened. People sunning themselves at the beach do not act or dress the same way at a as at a formal dinner party. There is something that tells the person to change his behavior, his dress, his volume and tone of speech or the, as the place and the circumstances change. One does not attend a funeral or wedding attired in shorts or jeans. Courtesy, manners, propriety... <laughs> etiquette. Society has set standards for dress and behavior. We have no universal uniform or way of acting. It varies from place to place, circumstance to circumstance, and it is second nature to us. We feel embarrassed to show up at a party in a tux because we thought it would be a formal party, only to realize it's a pool party. And vice versa, we sense our nakedness if we show up at a formal party dressed in a bathing suit. We do feel that we feel that we do not belong there, although we were invited. Is there not also an inner mismanners which corrects us when we go into a church improperly dressed? It is a far deeper thing in us that seems to be a constitutive part of our being that recognizes that there is in the world a space a time a place which belongs to God we call this the area of the sacred what is the sacred God is not sacred God is holy in the real sense of the word God alone is holy no one else is holy Except by analogy. God is the holy one. He is not, he is not sacred. The, the things that touch God are sacred. God is not sacred, but his footsteps are. The philosopher Joseph Pieper tells of a time when he dined in a restaurant in an Israeli hotel. The people at the next table lit their cigarettes. And they were told, no smoking. Why no smoking? This was the dining room, not a church or a synagogue. And the hotel allowed smoking. But it was Friday, the beginning of the Sabbath. Not only can space be sacred, time can be sacred also. And our behavior recognizes it. There's an effort underfoot to deny the sacred. As the demisologizers strip the supernatural from scripture, the vandals seek to strip the arena of the sacred from our experience. They do this by either of two routes. On one hand, they declare all things sacred, which in effect cancels out the very meaning of the word. And on the other hand, They declare that Christ has truly liberated humanity and restored it to its true secular identity. The Demythologizers took care of the Bible. What do the d focus their destructive forces on? The liturgy. St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologiae says something is called sacred because of its relation to the act of public worship. Advinium cultum. The sacred is seen, then, as something which concerns the worship of God, the celebration of the divine mysteries. The liturgy is defined a complexus of sensible signs or things sacred, spiritual, invisible, instituted by Christ or by the Church, signs which are efficacious, each in its own way, of that which they signify, which sign God the Father through Christ the Head and Priest, and in the presence of the Holy Spirit, sanctifies the church and the church as a body in the presence of the Holy Spirit uniting herself to Christ the head and priest through him renders her worship to God the Father liturgy has to do with the sacred we worship the invisible God by visible means the liturgy is not something we make or plan or some people claim to It is something that is already there, and we surrender to it. The greatest manifestation of of the sacred is the church. In the midst of the secular city arises a dome, a steeple, a bell tower, a Gothic spire. Even St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, engulfed as it is by secular, muscular neighbors, still stands out as an embassy of heaven. And once inside, the rush pace, the crowds, the commercialism of Fifth Avenue, all are forgotten. Churches are then built to house God, to house one thing, the altar, the lapis iste, the altar on which the holy sacrifice will be offered. So we build the churches according to our beliefs, of our belief of what takes place within them. Someone has written that church architects should learn to build churches not in schools of architecture but in schools of theology. But the reality is that the architects who build our churches have long ago forgotten the theological reality of what takes place within them. They have forgotten that churches are the vestibules of heaven not the extensions of the world. Joseph Pieper quotes a resolution passed in February 1965 at a conference of church architects. The resolution was to renounce the concept of the sacred. It passed. It passed. He quotes a contemporary architect who has won several awards in church architecture competition. The architect, commenting on recent church designs, which he calls spaces says they are places which people may come to dare to eat sausages. The iconoclastic architect was serious. Church church spaces should not give you the feeling that eating sausage or lighting up a cigarette is out of place. Remember St. Paul castigated the Corinthians. What? Do you have not houses to eat and to drink in? Archbishop, later Cardinal Schaefer, who was Archbishop of Zagreb and later under Paul VI, the prefect of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, was forbidden from dedicating a church that had been a house. The communists who ruled the country had raised zoning issues. He could not consecrate the house. So the archbishop consecrated the nearby barn, a barn that housed animals, cows, pigs, chickens, hay. But if you would go to the house, to this barn, you would see no animals. You would see no hay. You would see a sanctuary lamp, an altar, a tabernacle, a pulpit. It was no longer a barn. It had been consecrated, made sacred, dedicated to the worship of God. It had become an edis sacra, a sacred edifice. Today, they make churches look like barns. He made a barn look like a church. But we are told that these traditional church buildings did not reflect a servant church. They are triumphalistic and pompous. well, When the riots occurred in Detroit some years ago, entire neighborhoods, stores, homes were looted and burned to a far greater degree than what happened in Baltimore, far greater. And they've yet to recover. In fact, it began the the demise of the city of Detroit. When the riots were quelled, the fires put out, the newspapers noticed. That the only buildings left untouched were the churches massive churches with bowls spires reaching out to heaven one reporter asked a community organizer and activist why? he replied the churches are the only places that give the people hope among the squalor and despondency of the inner city the spires of a church are a sign of hope and triumph take that you architects there is one area in the world we see and we know a country which is God's and God's alone and it has its ramparts those who go beyond its borders must yield to it must take off their shoes Moses, as he approached the burning bush, the epiphany of the Lord God, was commanded by God to take off his shoes because it was holy ground. A man enters a church and removes his hat. A woman puts one on because they have entered holy ground. They've entered sacred space. The question is raised today in the busyness of everyday life. In the supermarket, in the theater, in the sports arena, in the midst of all this, is there any place, any area carved out and separate at whose border stands the sign, remove your shoes, this is holy ground? In other words, is there a realm of the sacred? Is this chaotic world all there is? Is there something else, something more? We come into a church to be lifted up, to be transfigured. It is part of the earthly encounter with the divine. In the preface for Christmas, the church teaches us, ut dum visibiliter cognoscimus deum per hum invisibilium amorem rapiamar. In him, we see our God made visible and are drawn up by him to the love of things unseen. Lord, I've loved the beauty of the house, the place where thy glory dwelleth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.